TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you, and as always, it gives me great pleasure to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch, the founder of Forage Cereal, chiropractor, naturopath, nutritionist extraordinaire, my brother from another mother, the great Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. G'day, legend. Great to be here with you again, Pierce. You can hear my voice getting a bit raspy. Tell you what, you better you better get in a bit of nicker. You better start just guzzling the apple cider vinegar between now and the wellness summit. I'll be seeing you in just a few days' time. And uh mate, you're uh, second or third up on the Saturday. You might need to just you might need to have A C B straight by the time you get to the wellness summit. <laughs> I will, I will, don't worry. But uh, uh PC, um today is a very special day, I think. Well, um, you're on the, the home stretch of having your book. Oh, why well, you're talking about there's a bit of confusion. Ooh, if you're ooh. referring to a certain birthday, it's uh, 24 yeah. hours premature. I'm getting some messages uh, from is people it? saying happy birthday, and I'm like, this is great, but yeah. is there a – have tomorrow. I been hacked? Yeah, it's the 9th tomorrow. of August. The 9th of August? Well, maybe you have been hacked. Yeah. Um, well, I thought in my, on my calendar it says 9th of August, PC's birthday, and yep. then I got a reminder on my computer today saying PC's birthday. Oh, so I was going to wish you happy birthday. Well, yes. I won't. I wish you no, that you can you do that tomorrow. Hey, but, busy, you know – you know, I studied. You know, I studied to be a, an a, uh, an accountant at one point in my life, and I um, I went to Geelong. I went down to Geelong, and in Geelong, I met some of my great mates. And uh, and you know, you go to university and you make great mates. And one of my great mates, his name's Luke, Luke Prendergast, and Lukey and I had such great times, great fun times. And Luke was from Berwick, um, and I used to often go down to Berwick, hang out at his house, stay at his house and hang out with his family and all that sort of stuff. And and I met his dad, Julian. And back then, Julian never seemed old, never seemed old. He always seemed fit, healthy, happy, all that sort of stuff. And the other day, I caught up with Lukey. And, uh, and Luke said to me, guess what, Damar? I said, what? Uh, no, actually, what happened? I said, how's your old man? And he said, mate, he's nearly 80. I said, you're kidding me. I can't believe he's nearly 80. That makes me feel really old. He said, well, he's still fit as a fiddle. He's doing great things. And he's the state champion swimmer in his age group. And I'm going, you're kidding me. I said, do you reckon he want to be on 100 Not Out? He said, yeah, he'd love to be on 100 Not Out. So guess what, PC? It's a very warm 100 Not Out. Welcome to Julian Prendergast. Julian, thanks so much for joining us. G'day, boys. How are we? We are Julian, flying along. so great to have you. Yeah, flying along. And it's great to have you here. It's really wonderful to have you. Uh, join us on here. When Luke told me that you're keeping really well and that you're, you know, you're living life to your fullest, you're uh, you're happy, you're in love, uh, and you know, he just he, you know, his eyes lit up when he was talking about his dad. I said, oh, I've got to speak to Julian and find out how he's going. So it's great to have you on the podcast, Julian. Thanks for joining us today. Righto, Damien. Thank you. What, what have you been up to, Julian? What's been happening in your world? Oh well, I'm a retired old man now and uh, happily retired. <laughs> And uh, trying to keep fit and uh, re- keep up with friends and so on. 
and read. That's the sort of stuff I'm up to. So tell us a bit more about what, what you've been up to in the pool. Um, again, I think you're being relatively modest. You were saying just before we hit record that you, you're um, a, a swimming state champion, um, but sometimes you're swimming in the pool and uh, you're winning races because there's no one else in your age group. This reminds me of when we interviewed a 104-year-old um, woman by the name of Ruth Frith who was um, a World Masters Athletics Champion in her 100s and she uh, was um, doing the same thing, winning gold medals in her age group and there were no other competitors. It, it, some people almost seem embarrassed by it. I listen to it and think it's just it just shows how exceptional you are. You are the exception to the rule doing what you're doing. What what leads you to do it? Considering if that lady that- can run it, if, if that lady can run at a hundred years old, she's a marvel. Yeah, well, she was winning. Uh, uh, yeah, shot put and um and and discus and I don't think Ruth Frith was running, but I always remember the ABC interview and they're like, Ruth, what's your secret? And she's like, Well, it's not vegetables because I don't eat them. But she had this incredible movement <laughs> uh, exercise routine and included uh, gym and. Um, and, yeah, going down to the track. But what is it that keeps you doing this when so many other people are not? Well, I like swimming. And um, years and years ago, when we lived in Forbes, we went to Forbes and we saw the most beautiful site, the Forbes Olympic swimming pool. And my brother and I, my older brother and I, couldn't wait to get in. And we joined the swimming club and we got the badge put in our togs by mum. And uh, a few people sort of sniggered a bit because we couldn't swim. <laughs> but we did learn. We did learn and uh, uh, joined the club and took pl- a part in club events and and swimming carnivals. And that's where it started, at the mighty Forbes pool. So this is a childhood passion. This is what fascinates me. This is something that has been in your blood for as long as you can remember. Well, once you like swimming, you like swimming, I think. I didn't, yeah. uh, as, a, uh, as a boy and even uh, in secondary school where I swam, I never trained very hard. My older brother was a strong trainer. I wasn't. I, if I did two or 300 metres in, in one session, that was a lot. Now I can do two or three Ks in a session. So it's very, very different. But... Um, it's uh, it's a great activity because your joints don't get hurt. You can uh, you can do it at your own speed. It's a matter of improving a technique. It's it's a it's a wonderful uh, form of exercise for any age. Uh, that's a great point, Julian. That's a great point. Um, what I love there is that you mentioned that you can continue to refine your technique. You can keep on doing things um, all the time, and it's good for your joints. I love that. There was a guy that we interviewed many years ago. His name was Stephen Jepson, and he taught himself how to juggle, and he taught himself how to walk on a slack line at the age of 72. And wow. uh, and we were always amazed at this because we thought, well, you're never too old to continue to refine and never too old to continue to learn. And to hear you say you can continue to improve, um, you know, doing swimming. And I know you train every day, which I think is incredible. No, I don't train um, every day. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't <laughs> every day. I swim. I swim approximately, probably average out about four times a week. 
so pretty much every day. So <laughs> I reckon that's uh, I reckon that's fantastic. There'll be a heap of people out there that would say, "Oh, I couldn't do that. I don't have time. Or I couldn't do that. The water's too wet. Or I couldn't do that because you know whatever." How do you handle all these excuses that people might throw at you? Well, uh, I'd swim with the Casey Seals, which is a master swimming club, and uh, a lot of. Um, my wife, actually, when I was I was pretty slack in the 90s and she saw something in the paper and she said, why don't you go to the Casey Seals and the Masters Swimming? So once I started, uh, and you've got coaches who set a program and you, you do what they say and gradually improve, um, it's, and the, you know, very good people in the club. And um, it's just something you want to continue continue doing. I've had spaces where I've been absent from the, haven't swum much for months at a time with other things that would go on. But I always kept up my membership and I always went back. So that's the way. Actually, I like in, it. in terms of improvement, I don't know that I improve in getting faster anymore. I think all my swimming probably just keeps me... Uh, at a standard or maybe even just not slipping too much, you know? Whereas young people, if they do anything, well, they improve rapidly. Well, we so. were in an island a couple of years ago um, in Greece called Ikaria. And we go there every year, Marcus and I, and we take a group of people to Ikaria because over there they're expected to live to 100 years old. Like they, You just expect that if you get born, you're going to live to 100. That's just the way it goes. And so we were there and we're celebrating the birthday of a lovely lady, one of our listeners, Shona, and she was 76. And one of the uh, people said, what are you doing? We said, we're celebrating Shona's birthday. They laughed at us because they said, why would you celebrate someone at 76 years old? She's still so young, you know. <laughs> and so when you say when you say these young people can continue to improve, I would still suspect and probably contend that you would still be improving. And you're right, you're definitely not slipping backwards. But there'd be a lot of people in your age group that you would know would be slipping backwards because they've given up, you know, they've thrown the towel in, so to speak. What do you say to your mates? Like, do you say to your mates, come down for a swim? Do you say, you know, well, stay fit, keep moving? Well, a lot of my mates do it otherwise. Play, I play a bit of golf and they, with with a couple of mates and they play more more frequently and they're in the bowls club and they walk and things like that, work in the garden. So there's all sorts of ways of staying active. It doesn't have to be in the pool. So yeah. it's... You've got to find what suits you. Well, and, you know, people do a variety of things. Julian, I'm curious. Not just the one thing. That's right. Not, there's every, everything can be, you know, it's like uh, when you mentioned your love of swimming, it reminded me of the I live up in the Byron Bay region and there's a love slash obsession with surfing up here and it's almost like once yeah. you start, you can't stop, which is why I haven't started yet because I feel like it would be like having another child. But the thing that I want to ask you is um, let's just talk about in general terms that behind every great man is an even better woman. Your, your wife, uh, who's no longer with us, but when you're in the 90s, um, when she showed you the article of the Casey Seals, I, I tend to think and wonder whether that moment in your life was a, a fork in the road for one of a better terms because I feel like if you were in your late 40s or, or mid-50s at that point and many people at that point in their life begin to think that either it's all downhill from here or it's time to slow down because of my age, I just wonder um, what impact 
that decision has had on the rest of your life. I'm not sure if you've thought about this much, but do you ever wonder what your life would have been like, particularly your health, your physical health, mental health, and all the rest of it, if you hadn't recommitted to movement um, all those years ago, back in the 90s? Well, I think you've got it right there, yes. Um, like, I did swim a bit, actually, Barbara who didn't have the swimming background I had, but she used to swim early in the morning with uh, with friends before work. And I started, I, I'd go along too, and we'd just, we'd try and do it. Well, we did a K, basically, and that was time to get out, shower, and get home and get to school. Um, so I was very uh, ready to swim. But what I found was that the improvement I made, it was in great fitness, in being able to, swim greater distances and uh, probably do the strokes a little better. So there's a variety of, of abilities within the swimming club. We had a young doctor from England who was 23 or 4, and he came and joined us. He was working out at um, in Gippsland somewhere, and he had uh, not been in a games team, but he had represented Great Britain in swimming events, and he was just a fantastic, beautiful swimmer. So it went from he at the top to the slowest and the weakest swimmers way down. But everyone found their level and you have you get in the correct lane and you do what the coach says and it's very enjoyable. And um, you also feel you're accomplishing something once you finish a session. Yeah, so that's what I want to touch on. It's the self-esteem side of things and the self-confidence you get from that accomplishment because I feel like for a lot of people in that 40 to 50 age group, they their, their self-esteem can plummet because they buy into this belief that their best years are behind them and so on. Do you feel that um, your self-esteem remains strong, your self-confidence, your self-belief, um, be, you know, really in large part because of this commitment that you've made to your physical health? Well, it's probably true. Um I think your whole life is uh, comes into this. I grew up in a sporting family. My dad had been a good uh, a good sportsman, a good runner, and a good footballer. And uh, we grew up always always involved in sport as as children. I turned sixty in in no, I turned twenty in nineteen sixty. And since then, I've always been involved in some sporting activity at not very high levels. But um, I always say the 60s, that was for cricket and football. The 70s was for cricket and squash. The 80s was for cricket and running. The 90s was a bit of a slob. And in the 21st century, get into swimming. (laughs) Oh, that's too funny. I love it. I love that. Good decades. Good decades. Um, I'm really enjoying this, Julian. It's really nice to hear all of this. Um, Just do you back for the Tigers, Julian? The Mighty Tigers, of course. You'd know that from Luke. Well, I just wanted to make sure that was the case because I thought that if Luke's got good DNA, it's come from you. That's really great. But speaking of DNA, I love Barb. Yeah, Barb is a wonderful woman. Wonderful woman. Beautiful woman. Lovely woman. She is a ripper woman. And tragically, she passed away very, very quickly. 
and uh, and it rocked your family. I know it did. It rocked Luke. I know. Um, I was there. I felt him. I felt how much he was moved by that. Um, and I was moved by it too. You know, significantly. When that sort of tragedy happens, it's quite easy to sit back in your chair and go, "I'll oh, stuff this. This is all too hard." Um, and give up the ghost. How did you? How did you push on? How did you move through that time of adversity? How did you pick yourself up? Well, uh, of course, it's awful, and uh, and all of a sudden you're living by yourself, which is something you haven't done for a long, long time. But as I said, I had five children, and we're a pretty close family, and they all loved their mum as much as possible, as much as anyone could love a mum. And, of course, I loved her so much. And so we helped each other. We helped each other. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the big thing. And friends, friends who knew Abba and knew me, they looked after me too. So I had a lot of help, but you just got to, you know, one foot in front of the other type business. So it's your family and your community, like keeping close to your mates and keeping your family close, That they get True. you through that sort of stuff. Yeah. True. We interviewed a, a, a lady by the name of Debbie Lee who um, is a, a world record walker um, who lives up in Sydney and her husband died and, and on his deathbed he said, when I die, don't, don't stop living. Go and, go and make something of your, of your life in this new chapter and the rest. Um, and, and she has. She, she's you know, unashamedly living a wonderful life. You seem to have, in the, in the best and most empowering possible way, um, not stopped living. You, you you continue to live. You sound like a very happy man. You're you're in love again. How do you work through that? I mean, I feel like that must be the ultimate personal growth challenge to grieve and and accept what has happened, and then and then decide. And and it must be a decision to move on, to open your heart again, to love and be loved by someone else. How does that? And again, I say this is someone that's thirty seven and. No, hopefully nowhere near that that experience in life. But how does that happen? That just must be one of one of the you know biggest experiences in life. How do you do that? Well, it it more or less happened that um, you know as I say you have to keep going, and uh, I know a lot of people in Berwick, and uh, Lynn and I had known each other in the early seventies. And I heard that her husband uh, died years ago and she was then alone for, for, for many a year. So, um, and we hadn't seen each other even though we didn't live far apart. And when we met each other, well, we, um, I was interested in the Berwick Bridge Club and, I heard, and Lynn said she played bridge. So then I went away bit of a break up at uh, Port Douglas and when I got back there was a letter from Lynn telling me all about the bridge club and I rang her up to thank her and one thing led to another and we'd have lunch and lunch and um, dinner and go to a movie and so you know we're both very happy together and very lucky we feel both of us. And you like to play bridge even more than you did last time. (laughs) That's a great story. I never ever, I have not played one single game of bridge. (laughs) 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 Uh, bridge. That is the best. What is, what I love. The lengths will go to, hey. That's good. Good on you, Julian. That's so great. 
Julian, um, we interviewed another bloke. His name was Charles Euster, and he was one of our guests who spoke about the importance of working and having a purpose. And uh, and and so we've always been, you know, thinking about that. You know, it's clearly not food that keeps people alive. I think it keeps people healthy, but it doesn't necessarily keep them alive for a long time. Um, it doesn't necessarily keep them mentally well either, because you can sit in the corner and drink a green smoothie. Um, and feel really down about yourself or you can go and have a burger with your mates and have a great time. So we often wonder about what are you doing to maintain a purpose? What do you do these days that makes you feel useful and evade, you know, to your community? Well, I don't feel very useful to the community at all. Um, I did. Uh, I used to go to the school I retired from just on a voluntary basis and, uh, uh, help out, you know, once a week I used to do that. But then I, when I had a break in my working with children or police clearance or whatever it was, that ran out. Yeah. And <laughs> I've been I've been occupied otherwise, not helping the community, but uh, doing other things myself. So I haven't got back to it. I keep intending to, but we shall see. Well, I, I we would. I don't uh, want to. I don't want to challenge you too much on this, but I just. I, I'm, I'm curious. Um, you've got five children. You. I'm just going to assume that you're a grandfather as well. My, I got eight grandchildren. So yes. yeah. So in and terms of that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So so when I'll we talk about being a grand. Uh, go on. No, I was just going to say that when when we talk about contributing to society, it doesn't necessarily mean the the Barrett community. It, it's 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 family as well. You're contributing to the human race by being there as a, as a grandfather. But yeah, how does it, how do you find that role as a grandfather, particularly when when you've got eight um, grandchildren? Well, it's wonderful. There's there's nothing better than grandchildren. I'm sure every grandfather and grandmother will tell you that. It's the most wonderful relationship. And uh, you help out where you can. Mind you, um, having been by myself most of the time uh, since Barbara died, Barbara would have been there every day helping all the time. You know, she would have she would have been a wonderful help. I don't match, couldn't match what she would have done in any way, shape, or form. So uh, you know, I help out in little ways. Yeah, and I and, do. Th- uh, I, you know. They all know I love them, and uh, I take a great interest in what they're doing. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot yeah. of value comes as as a grandparent is is like you said, taking the interest and being there to support when you can. I think there's a there's a great um, ingredient to longevity when there's when there's real value in the family to to the example that you provide. Um, Damo, is there anything you'd like to ask Julian before we wrap up this special edition of One Hundred Not Out? Oh, nah, but I'm always interested to find out what people eat, Julian. What do you what do you eat for breakfast, lunch, and tea? Can you share that with us? Oh, uh, look, I, uh, since I'm with Lynn, I have porridge, beautiful porridge every day of the week, or nearly every day of the week. Uh, that's breakfast. I'm a, I'm nice. a bit of a sandwich man for lunch. I always like a sandwich, or sometimes we're out for lunch, or sometimes I meet a group of ex-cricketers for lunch, and... Um, uh, Oh, look, I I I eat I eat everything. Um, I, I don't like to eat too much meat, but I do eat meat. Uh, yeah. Lots of vegetables, lots of lots of fruit. I eat lots of fruit. Um, you know, that's about it. Yep. Good. Pretty it's simple. Nice and broad. Yep. Like it. Pretty simple. Yep. Well played. That's what we keep yeah. saying. Well played. That's what we keep saying. Uh, well Ju- done, Julian. It's been great. Thank you. 
Yeah, it's been a real pleasure and joy to have you on the, the podcast. Okay. And thanks, this, thanks so much for sharing. This is my moment wisdom. of fame. Tell you what, this is just the beginning of your moment of fame, Julian. Just you wait till the Today Show calls and you'll get Sunrise and Koshy uh, wanting to have a chat. and uh, You know, there could uh, be all, no, no. all types of features done on you over the next 12 months, all because of this interview of on, on 100 Not Out. And, and we sincerely appreciate okay. um, your... Okay, yeah. boys. Well, I'd better be going. i got to go out to lunch. Damien, Marcus, thank you for calling and nice talking to you. No worries. Thank you so much for joining us. And Julian, like we like to wish every single one of our guests, may the rest of your life, Julian Prendergast, continue to be the best of your life. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you. Um, Damo, thanks again for your contribution on the podcast. For more info on Damo, head on over to damienchristoff.com. Myself, go to marcuspierce.com.au. Thanks to Joseph Tomo, our editor, Rosie Garner, who does our social media, and the entire team over at the Wellness Couch. Until next time, folks, thanks for your support and continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. The 2019 Wellness Summit is almost here. I love being at these events. They're always such a great, positive environment. It's been really great to um, listen to like-minded people and to um, meet a few people, actually. I've been to every summit and I've been to every one and I'll always keep coming. It's always inspiring. It's been a real eye-opener. We're actually signed up to go to the breakthrough now. It's very motivating. I think it's great to listen to people who are inspired. And there's always something to learn and something to take away. I think uh, for myself and giving myself that um, opportunity to, to learn. There's so much going on in life and everything that you can get distracted and forget the things that you should be doing. This always reminds you to get back on track and, and um, to focus on the things that are important and holistic help. Just do it, yeah. Just yeah, suck it up and do it. It's, uh, it could be life-changing, yeah. I would say it's awesome and it's the start of changing your life. Come along, see what it's about, and enjoy it. It's an amazing event with like-minded, positive people, and you can't help but um, walk away feeling great. Positive Mentor presents the 2019 Wellness Summit, August 17 and 18 in Melbourne. Can you afford to miss out? Tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.